Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I speak with future saints about being saints. Today's podcast is titled Lessons from Our Lady. I have with me Danielle Bean. Danielle, how are you? Doing great. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. So we are here at the Gotta Be Saints podcast. We are always focused on one thing, and that is our calling to be a saint. And so for each episode, we try to dive in to a certain topic that is hopefully going to help the listener get to that um, idea or to that point in their life where they're actually asking that question. So like I said, today we're talking about lessons from our lady. Before we get diving in and before I let Danielle introduce herself, I want to shout out our podcast sponsors. That is The Catholic Company. They are a one-stop shop for all your Catholic need, from rosaries to books to clothing. The Catholic Company has it all. So use code GBS, that's GBS, gotta be saints, for 20% off your order. Also, I want to shout out our second sponsor, which is Good Catholic. They are a digital multimedia company providing series that enliven your faith and allow you to dive deeper. Use code GBS also for 20% off. And along with just those series, they also offer free videos on YouTube and blogs and wonderful content, including this podcast. So check them out at goodcatholic.com and use code GBS for any purchase to get 20% off. So today I am so thankful to have you on, Danielle. Um, and like I said, I'm going to allow you to just introduce yourself and then we can kind of get into the heart of our conversation. Sure. I mean, I always start out introducing myself saying I'm a wife and a mom. Like those are my primary identity. That's that's the core of who I am and the most important thing in my life. Um, but I'm also an author and I'm a speaker. I'm a podcaster. I've always enjoyed working in various forms of Catholic media for many years now. Started out as a writer and really just kind of got into some of the more uh, digital content from there. And I'm in a new role now as VP of digital content at Trinity Road, which means I get to work with great people like you over at Good Catholic. And, um, you know, in your intro where you're sharing about what we do at Good Catholic, that that digital content is what I'm going to be really focused on. We're going to be focused on growing it, improving it in whatever ways we can, expanding what we offer. So super excited to be working in this new capacity. But as a mom, I'm a mom of eight kids. And um, my husband, Dan, and I have been married for 29 years this July. And congrats. Um, yeah, thank you. Feels crazy because it feels like we just blinked seriously. Um, but it's it's been a, a really joyful vocation just living out this here in our home in New Hampshire. And our kids are older now, so I've only got two that are home full time year round. So I've got two high schoolers, two two my two youngest are boys, and I've got two in college. And then my four oldest are married, and we are grandparents. We've got two little granddaughters and one more granddaughter or grandson. We don't know which on the way in August. So. It's a very full life. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And uh, you and I have now been working together for, what, just about a month or so. Right. Um, and it's been great. And so uh, today we're, we're talking about lessons from Our Lady. Now, this uh, the context for anyone who's at home listening, Good Catholic is putting on a beautiful uh, digital retreat that is going to be going live here soon. So... Of course, we want to talk about that, but we're also just talking about the the topic of Our Lady. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to just ask some questions and and kind of get at the heart of this because Our Lady has such a wonderful uh, 
role in all of our lives if we only let her be a part of it. And so I hope that in this discussion, we can kind of help those who are at home listening uh, really think about that maybe in a deeper way than they do usually. I know for me, it's always helpful to be thinking about her role in my own life. So uh, to just kind of begin, I want to ask you, you know, why is Mary important? You know, why is it that we are called to have her be our mother as we journey towards heaven? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's really speaks to her importance. The fact that Christ, when he's dying, hanging on the cross, right? One of the last things he did was give us his mother. Like the most treasured thing he had on earth was this relationship with, with Mary. And he wanted us to have that. So that to me speaks volumes about the importance of Mary in our lives. And the fact that she's our mother, like every person needs a mother. And Mary is a perfect mother. And she loves each of us with that mother's heart. You know, I've had Protestant friends say to me before, like, why do you need Mary? You know, and I'm always like, well, why wouldn't you want her? (laughs) Like, it's not like strictly speaking, must have Mary um, to get to heaven. But, you know, it's a, it's a great, great asset to have this beautiful relationship with our heavenly mother. And that's going to look different for everybody. I, I think sometimes people have complicated relationships with Mary. Maybe you have a complicated relationship with your own mother or with your own experience of motherhood, or, you know, there are things like that that are very human that can kind of get in the way of that. But Mary is such a gift and she's such a gentle, generous, compassionate mother. She has such a heart for each of us that She's just waiting for us to kind of make that move in our relationship with her. And she's going to rush in and, you know, she wants to provide us with every good thing. And that means beginning with helping us to have a relationship with her son. So that's really the focal point of our relationship with Mary. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all gets back to that. You know, uh, St. Louis de Montfort, one of my favorite saints who I've talked about on this podcast before, just in my conversations, you know, always talks about that it is to Jesus, but through Mary. And I think there's just a beautiful uh, reality to that, that if we're willing to follow it, uh, it can help us so much. So I, Mary has so many wonderful qualities, so many virtues that we can kind of try to draw from, but better than anyone before her or even after her, uh, she just submitted her life to God. How do you think we can best follow that example? Yeah, that's that's the tough thing, right? <laughs> this whole submit your life to God thing. Like that's that's the lifelong project, figuring out how we can do that and how we can do that well. And Mary is the the perfect example for us of that. Like you said, this perfect submission to the will of God. And that's goals, right? But she can help us get there wherever we are. She can meet us where we are and she can help us um to make progress toward that. I find such encouragement in in my relationship with Mary now in a way that I didn't when I was younger. I think when I was younger, I kind of felt like, oh, she's perfect and has it all together, kind of like, you know, the popular girl at school or something that you might just feel distant from in a way, right? But you, but that's, that's so limited. It's, it's forgetting that she is our loving mother and that she loves each of us with this perfect motherly love. And she wants nothing but what is good for us. And she's going to do all that she can with this generous, compassionate love to help us get on that right path. So even though she lived out this life of perfect submission to the will of God, she can meet us in the, you know, in the mess of where we are in the, in the ways that we might be falling and failing along the way and really encourage us and be a source of support to us and to, you know, just pray for us so that we will have the grace that we need to step-by-step be growing in that relationship with God. Because 
That's what she wants. It's not like God wants us to submit our lives to him for his own good, right? He doesn't need us. He doesn't need that. We need it. And it's for our own good. So Mary as a good mother is always guiding us toward that. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, you you spoke briefly at the start, you know, you said that you're a wife and a mother, and this is what comes first. Um, what are some of the key takeaways that we can learn from when we look at Our Lady from those same angles, who was also a wife and a mother? Right. Yeah. I, I love to look at her example with those things because she's such a quiet example, you know, except for like the Magnificat, you don't see her making these great, you know, proclamations in the Gospels. And yet she has this kind of steadfast presence in the life of her her husband and her son. And, um, you know, especially at the wedding at Cana, which is one of my favorite gospel stories where she's kind of working behind the scenes, you know, in the way that we women have this unique capacity for doing. And I, I love that she's doing that. That oftentimes we as women, you know, St. John Paul II talks about our feminine genius and like, what did he mean by that? Like our unique capacity as women to to love other people, to see other people, to make them feel seen and known and loved in a unique way. We have a feminine way of loving people in that way. And Our Lady is the perfect example of that. And, you know, St. John Paul II further says, our world is hungry for that kind of motherhood, is hungry for that kind of love. And I believe it. Like the world needs us. It needs that kind of love today. And Mary can show us how to do that. So looking at the, the wedding at Cana, she saw this need and she saw a need that somebody else might be tempted to just kind of brush off, not my problem or, you know, nothing I need to be concerned about. Maybe it's embarrassing. It's not the end of the world. But she really had this compassion for the couple who are potentially going to be embarrassed in that social situation. And she didn't have a way to fix it. Like she couldn't fix it herself, but she knew who could. And she knew just how to say what she needed to say to get things done. And so often, I think that we women have a unique gift for doing exactly that. Like, you know, if your your son's failing algebra, like maybe you're not a math rock star. You're not going to be the one who's going to swoop in and fix the situation. But you can, with a mother's heart, because you love him and you want what's best for him, work out all of those details, find out where he can get the support he needs. And we're always doing that sort of thing. My own mom is such a great example of this. I love how I witness her kind of working behind the scenes even all these years later. She raised nine of us and she still will send the little text message like, hey, maybe you should call your brother. You know, like, <laughs> and it's like, she's, she's really working the whole system here in a beautiful way, which shows that, you know, the way that she's uniquely seeing and knowing the details of everyone's needs and finding a way to kind of meet those needs. So Mary's such a beautiful example of that in, in her, her marriage and in her motherhood. So I take such great inspiration from her. Yeah. And I, and I love that you're, you know, also able to relate it to your own mom and to hopefully your own motherhood as well, where I, it's true, you know, for, for everyone who's listening to this podcast, I'm sure there are many men and women who don't have great relationships with their mother. Mm. Um, and yet our lady provides us an example of what a mother can be. And she wants to be that mother, which is just so beautiful. Um, so for anyone who feels like they're feeling a great weight or a great loss by not having a, a mother figure in their life that is as strong as the blessed mother. She's there for you to, to take. But mm -hmm. so too, if, if you're fortunate enough to have that example, you know, then you can draw from that. I mean, I look at right. my own mother, she, there was eight of us and my mom stopped working to take care of us. And it was beautiful. I mean, I, I look back at my relationship with my mom. She was so good to me. She always had the words of encouragement. Even still today, I talked to her on the phone and 
if I'm talking to her with my wife, it's funny. She'll say these little comments about, oh, isn't Brendan so great? As if, <laughs> as if my wife doesn't feel that way and needs to be told. It's just so cute. I'm like, mom, don't worry. Meredith's on my team. She gets yeah. it. But, but that's the beauty of, of moms. They just right. love and And sometimes unconditionally in a way that you might not see from a dad or, you know, oh, some, another family member. And there's beauty in that. And I think yeah. our lady probably um, exemplifies that better than anyone. And so absolutely the, the next kind of uh, place I want to go is you, you kind of mentioned this briefly at the start, you talked about, you know, the Protestant relationship with the blessed mother sometimes is um, a little wonky or a little confused or, or complicated, maybe is a better word. Yeah. And this isn't just Protestants. This is just non-Catholics in general. Mm-hmm. Many think that we worship the Blessed Mother. You and I both know that's not true. But can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's tricky, right? That's a, a dicey thing. And it, I, I just love to have the opportunity to explain to people who have that misunderstanding. And I'll bump into it, you know, a couple of times a week online or whatever. People on Twitter discussing it. You find these sorts of conversations going on. And I think what confuses people is that we we pray to Mary, right? And um, I've heard I've heard people say many times, like, "Well, then you know, you only pray to God. Like, you don't you you can't pray to Mary." And yet, I'm like, "Well, you know, it's not like praying to somebody means you're worshiping them, right? She's not God. She's not a God. She's a human being, right? Um, but we pray to her. We speak to her because she can hear us and she cares about us on um, the same way that we pray to the saints. And it's very much, uh, you know, I love that Jesus gave us his mother for our mother when he was dying on the cross, because it is such a great gift to us to have that relationship, to have that connection with a compassionate, loving mother in that way. Like it's so very human to want it. And, you know, I, I think about like in our human relationships and a typical family dynamic like ours has been here in this house that, um, you know, my kids, if they have an issue, if they have a problem, if if they've messed up, they're they're coming to me first. Like they're not going to their dad. Right. And it, it, even though he loves them and they know that that's not a soft place to land. Right. That's not the comforting arms of compassion. And they know that they can get that here. So. You know, I see that with Our Lady too, that Our Lord gives us Our Lady in this way that we can we can go to her in ways that we might be afraid to approach approach God the Father. And even though he's this loving father and Jesus is is loving us with this, you know, beautiful sacred heart that's on fire and bleeding and you know, pierced out of love for us. And yet he knows too that we have these human limitations. And you know, that's why Jesus came to us as a little baby, right? So that we can we can approach him and not feel threatened by him. Mary is another aspect of that, that he allows us to have this relationship with our lady, who no human being is closer to the heart of Jesus. Nobody knows the heart of Jesus with greater perfection than Mary does. So he knows that. And he knows that she's going to be this comfortable, soft place for us to go where we can receive that compassion and where, you know, some of us who are wounded, who have, you know, difficult trauma in our, in our lives and, you know, different things that we're healing from, we're broken and wounded in many ways, then he knows that we need that. We need that encouragement to go to a mom. We need a mom. And he's not going to hold anything back from our, you know, our growing in relationship with him. So Our Lady is a beautiful way for us to kind of get that in with him. You know, I also think about when I was growing up, like if I wanted something from my dad, 
the perfect person to ask was my mom, you know, like she, <laughs> she had, you know, the, she had the voice in his ear. And if I could get her on my team, I knew I was going to get him on my team. And that's how the world works. And that's how human beings interact with one another. So God knows that. So he's provided this beautiful relationship with us to have a mother in heaven that we can go to. Of course, we can pray to God and we can pray to Jesus. And, um, and of course, we do those things as Catholics. But this is really a relationship with a heavenly mother. It's not us worshiping her. I understand the confusion because we have statues and we're bringing her flowers. And, and, you know, I, I think about that, like the ways that we want to honor our earthly mothers, you know, it's, it's a very similar thing and we can never displease our Lord by honoring his mother, but you know, he wants the same thing. He wants us to give her every honor. And so when we're doing these things, it's not worshiping. It's not saying she's God, but we, we do want to honor and respect her. We'll be right back. Interested in learning more about your faith? I invite you to check out Good Catholic. They are a digital media brand focused on sharing and teaching about the faith. From podcasts to blogs to digital series, Good Catholic has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order at Good Catholic. Yeah. Well, I, I love your example of going to your mom to get something from your dad. <laughs> I think back to when I was in uh, middle school and I wanted a dog and I knew my father wasn't going to let me get a dog. But all <laughs> I do, even though there was eight of us, I was the only one who uh, had this special treatment where I said to my mom, Mom, I really need a dog. And within <laughs> a week, there was a dog in our oh backyard. And, and uh, that was going... <laughs> going to my mom. I think, you know, the, the example there is too, or the, for, I think for practicality's sake is, you know, when we have a loving relationship with our mother, cause I mean, all of my siblings and my mom get along, but I, I think that in a real way, the closer you are to the mom or closer you are to your mom, the more that relationship with the father can actually benefit you in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. And you feel a closeness in 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 terms of my own parents that was that was real when i out of all my siblings i was probably the closest to my mom at that age and well i was also the only one to get a dog so <laughs> i know that's not every situation and i know that's a uh, kind of a right. crazy example but it's real that you know yeah. the closer we are to her the the closer we are to god the father so my next question to you kind of is relaying to that so many of the saints, you know, I think of Maximilian Colby, St. Dominic, St. Louis de Montfort, all of these saints, they preach that we should have a relationship with her. But it's really, you know, understood that it's to grow then in relationship with her son, Jesus. What are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that needs to be our focal point, right? Because that's where we can get off track or where people can perceive us to be off track as if we're we're focused on Mary to the exclusion of Jesus, which doesn't happen, right? It can't happen because she is forever pointing us toward her son. Those words at the wedding at Cana, like do whatever he tells you, right? She's speaking those words to each of us that's turning to her in our moments of need today. So recognize that, that you're not going to go astray. You're not going to get lost in, in, you know, Mary. If you, if you're going in and wanting to love and connect with Mary, she is forever going to be pointing you toward her son because she wants what's good for you as a good mother. 
mother does. So that you don't have to be afraid that you're going to get off track there. Um, but then also, I love that, you know, the, the saints that you mentioned have this beautiful devotion to Mary. It's such a great example for us, especially I find when when men and fathers have this example of loving Mary, it really, it really speaks volumes to children and to the next generation. I know this personally from growing up that my dad had a has, he still does um, a great devotion to Mary, but just seeing him on his knees praying the rosary, like was so, I mean, he could, he could lecture me all he wanted about, you know, the catechism (laughs) or whatever, but that was not worth the same amount as just seeing that example. Right. And Mm. that has stayed with me through my lifetime. Like if this, this man that I, I, you know, respect and admire in so many ways will be on his knees praying to Mary, devoted to his mother, loving his heavenly mother and wanting to honor her in this way, that that was something I needed to pay attention to. And I see that with some of those great saints that you mentioned there as well. And so just being conscious of the fact that we are setting that example all of the time, I think is is a really good point to make, especially with regard to Mary. Like you never know who's watching. And especially if you have kids, then you know who's watching and who's learning from your example. Um, But that's such a really, a really powerful thing for us to think about. Yeah, and I and I think too her her intercessory power is it's unmatched. I think you know you mentioned your dad. I think about my own father. He prayed the rosary growing up, made us pray with him. And you know there were certainly times where my siblings and I didn't want to sit in the living room and pray the rosary or drive around right. in the car praying the rosary, but we always did it. And now, you know, I fortunately you know have come to love that devotion, and the rosary is a part of my daily life. But but so, too, you know, my dad took up the fasting that, you know, in these uh, certain Marian apparitions that Our Lady has invited us into more fasting. And I didn't realize it as a kid, but my dad was fasting twice a week on bread and water for for us. And praise God, there's eight of us and all eight of us still practice our faith. And that's I, I greatly attribute that to Our Lady's intercession through my dad's prayers and oh, fasting. Sure. And uh, you made a point too. You talked about you know just the reality of loving loving Jesus because Mary you know kind of gives us that. And but Jesus also loved her. And Maximilian Colby has this great quote. He's like, "Never worry about loving Our Lady too much because you can never love her as much as Jesus did." So that's always something I I draw back on. I'm like, yeah. If you're ever looking at your devotions <laughs> or your relationship with Mary and kind of saying, "Do I need to draw back?" Is this is this the wrong way to go? Just look at it. Jesus loved her so much and you can't compare to the love he had for her. So if you're drawing on that love for the blessed mother, you know, Jesus is happy to see it because it will always lead back to him. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. Well that we've, we've answered and had a a really good discussion here. I I hear that there is a virtual conference coming up. Uh, Can you share (laughs) a little bit about that with our listeners? Yeah, so this is focused on Mary. So the title of the, of the retreat, it's a virtual retreat that's going to be taking place Saturday, May 20th, is A Heart Like Mary's. And this is pulled from themes from Father Edward Looney's book all, with the same title, A Heart Like Mary's. And he's one of the presenters and I'm one of the presenters. So he's a Marian theologian that I've known for many years. He's got several books. He has a podcast focused on Mary. He is just such a love for Mary. Um, so what he's going to be sharing with us is what we can learn from Mary's immaculate heart like what can we learn from her example um you know i start i said at the beginning that sometimes that example can feel a little daunting to us like i'm never going to measure up to that but through her example and through her motherly love mary is 
teaching us, always teaching us the way that a good mother does. And so what is she teaching us with her heart? How can we have more of a heart like Mary's? I think that's, so that's going to be the focus of what we share. So the the structure of the retreat is going to be, father's going to be presenting, I'll be presenting. Um, we'll have time for live Q&A, which is always fun. I, I love to hear what's on people's minds and hearts and really, you know, father can really answer some of the questions that are really pressing on you today or that you're, you're thinking about with regard to your relationship with Mary. Um, And then we're going to pray a rosary together, which of course is a beautiful way to honor Mary during her month. So I am really excited to be doing this live event. It's the first ever live event for Good Catholics. So it's like an experiment for all of us. Um, So I'm thrilled to be kind of diving in and and seeing what we can do with with technology and some of the ways that we can connect with one another. So like I said, it's going to be Saturday, May 20th, and it's from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. But if you can't make it you know, joining us during the live. We'd love it if you can join during the live, but don't let that stop you from registering because you'll get a recording of the event after the fact, even if you can't be there live, as well as some other goodies that we have for you. We have a downloadable journal. We have a playlist for you. Um, We have a 20% off coupon that's good over at the Catholic Company. So we would love for you to connect with us in this way. So um, definitely people can go and check out at uh, goodcatholic.com slash retreat. You can get all of the information and register and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. And I'll make sure to include all those links in the show notes so that if anyone at home is interested, they can, of course, follow up and and click through those links and check it out. Um, I want to just give you a chance for any final thoughts on this discussion here as we talk about lessons from, from Our Lady. Well, I would say, you know, during the month of May, give yourself the gift of growing in relationship with Mary. Even if you 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 think her, you're her favorite child and you're already there, like there are ways that you can grow in relationship with Mary. It's something that I've discovered, um, you know, as I've, as I've grown and changed in my spiritual life through the years that Mary has always, she's always been present there, but has played a different role for me at different ages and stages of my life. And what a beautiful gift that is. And if you think about it, if you have a good earthly mother, that's the role that a mother plays too, right? She's there to support you when you're an infant, when you're a toddler, when you're in grade school and high school, when you get married and beyond. That's what Mary does too. So give yourself the gift of going deeper in relationship with Mary. Maybe make a new commitment to either praying the Angelus or just you know saying a Hail Holy Queen before you go to bed at night or praying the rosary. Find a way to kind of grow in your devotion to Mary because she will pay you back. I promise. It's going to be worth your efforts. Yeah. Amen. Well, I, I asked these two questions. Thank you, one, for, for everything we've gotten to talk about. It's been great to hear your insights. Um, but I ask every single guest two, two questions on the Gotta Be Saints podcast. So the first one is, Danielle, who is on your Mount Rushmore of Saints? <laughs> I like this question because I would love it if there were a Mount Rushmore of saints. <laughs> that would be so great. Um, so I have to say St. Anne. I mean, she, it's my middle name. I've grown up with this devotion to her and she's Jesus's grandma. Like that's, that's perfect. I love it. She's Mary's mother. So she taught Mary, you know, how to be a mother and what motherly love looked like. So she for sure is there, but also St. Francis de Sales is like, rock star saint to me like everything i ever read that he wrote i'm like i want to highlight it and underline it 16 times and be like this is it it's gold it's gold this sentence and then the next one is the same so i really i just find that there's there's he's such a gift to, to the church and his writing especially yeah oh those are beautiful um have you been to ansi in france where he is 
Barry. No, I haven't. I haven't. Well, oh, that's that's a life goal right there. You and your you and your husband should go. It's beautiful. <laughs> we went. My wife and I went on our on our honeymoon, and she. Uh, it was just cool because she's buried or he's buried there in wow in Onsi. But um, okay, my last question for you. God willing, one day you're going to be a saint. What mm. would you? What do you think you'll be the patron saint of? I love this question. <laughs> I think that's so great. Um, of course, I've got I've got a special heart for mothers. So in some way, a patron saint of of mothers who are struggling, of or moms of large families. I you know I feel like through all of my work, I've always connected with mothers in that way. Um, but also, I think like I feel like my story is like the story of somebody that doesn't have a fancy story, you know, with regard to their faith. And I think there's room for a patron saint like that. That's like, you don't have to have some dramatic conversion. Some of us are just kind of like slow and steady in our faith and not nothing dramatic's going to happen. I'm not getting knocked off a horse or, you know, all these things that we, we read about that are so inspiring in some of the lives of the saints. And it, sometimes you can come away thinking you need to have a dramatic kind of conversion or reversion story like that. But that's not the way with everybody. In some ways, we're, we're blessed um, because, you know, like, like you, I was raised with this beautiful foundation of the faith. It's a gift I try not to take for granted. And I try to keep in mind, you know, those to whom much is given, much is expected, right? That's sort of like my <laughs> my, life, my life's mantra. I'm like, oh, shoot, yep. I'm going to have to answer for that someday, all that I've been given. So, you know, trying to keep that, keep that in mind. So maybe the, the saint without a fancy story. Yeah. Yeah. Or just even the patron saint of the ordinary. There's nothing exactly. wrong with that. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. This has been a pleasure to get to chat with you. We want to shout out our sponsors, that is the Catholic Company and Good Catholic. Use code GBS for 20% off your order at either one of those sites. But thank you so much, Danielle, for coming. Thank you to everyone who's listening. And please sign up for the virtual retreat. Check it out in the show notes. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and check out goodcatholic.com for more details.